Welcome back to the QEH podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the QEH community, asking them questions and spending time understanding them and more about the school. In this episode, we're speaking to Tom Appleby about enrichment. If you want to know what enrichment is in school, maybe because you've heard about it and you're not too sure, then Tom explains it all to us. But he also outlines the enrichment sessions for boys in years 7 to 10. He unpacks why these classes are so important for boys at QEH. And we get to understand the connection between enrichment classes and the development of friendships. So let's hop into this episode right now as we hear from Tom Appleby. Tom, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Very exciting. Yeah, and no, I'm doing well today. Um, it's quite a busy day at school, but I've just grabbed some lunch and just had a chat with some colleagues in the staff room, which was nice. Um, and this afternoon, uh, a group of us have got some mental health first aid training, so um, gearing up for that once I've spoken to you. So yeah, it's a, it's a normal busy day at school. Yeah. Okay. Mental health first aid training. That's that's really encouraging to hear because, of course, uh, mental health is getting more and more awareness uh, in all walks of life, including schools. Let's just talk about that for a second. How are you finding the the awareness of mental health within QEH? Yeah, I think as a head of year, so I'm head of year eight. Um, and yeah, there are a group of, I think there are 15 of us doing the training at the moment, all different kind of pastoral responsibilities. And it's just been really... Um, encouraging having the time to to discuss mental health and to discuss the issues that our students are facing and also to work out how as members of staff we can support the boys and girls at QEH to manage and also to understand their mental health Mm -hmm. Um, it's really encouraging there's there's so much more um, conversation in the media about mental health documentaries and and it's much more of a a topic of conversation now increasingly Mm. so which is really good, but I think there's still probably a long way to go in, in terms of encouraging young people to be as open and honest as, as they can be. But yeah, I think we're definitely taking steps in the right direction, for sure. Mm. Okay, so let's wind it back a little bit. Um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about enrichment and some great things like that. But first of all, before we get into that, I wonder whether you can just tell me a little bit about your own schooling, uh, your own education when you were younger. Where did you go and what was your experience of it like? Yeah, so I am actually a local Bristol boy. Um, so I didn't go to QEH, unfortunately. Um, I went to Colston's, um, which is another uh, another school in Bristol. So yeah, I mean, I'm yeah very much um, based in Bristol. And then I went down to Exeter for university, studied history there for three years, um, and then returned back to Bristol. So I haven't ventured too far, very much happy in the southwest. And yeah, really enjoy my time at school. And I think one of the reasons that I wanted to go into teaching is because you know I, I definitely associate school with being a very kind of happy place and a happy time and yeah I think generally people if you want to sign up to be a teacher that's probably because you've had a positive time as a kid mm. at school um, mm. so yeah that's my that's my background. And did you join QEH straight after Bristol or did you go anywhere else beforehand? Yeah so I went back to Colston's for a year because I essentially got to the end of my degree and had quite a, quite a big panic about what I was going to do and, and what the route was going to mm. be. And I'd looked at law and, and marketing and, and all the kind of things that I think people with history degrees weigh up and ended up getting to the end of that summer and, and sent my old history teacher an email just saying, 
can you keep me busy for a couple of weeks in in the uh, in the autumn term and my old hockey coach as well so they both said yeah we'll take you on for a couple of weeks and you can you can teach some lessons and, and coach a bit of hockey and then two weeks turned into the autumn term and then the autumn term turned into the whole year mm-hmm. and it got to february time um and i decided that teaching was was definitely the the option for me and i was very lucky in that at that time uh, a job at qeh came up history teacher job and i hadn't actually done my pgc at this point but it was it was quite okay. a rare job in the sense that it was open for for unqualified teachers to potentially do their pgc alongside their first year so okay. i got very lucky um hmm. and yeah i turned up for this interview at qeh and and i i can vividly remember the the deputy head at the time we were all having kind of coffee at break time and the deputy head said oh well you know you should all be really um pleased and proud that you've got an interview because we had over 40 people apply for the job and at wow, that point okay. i thought you know maybe i should just leave now because there's no chance if 40 people applied yeah. and i'm a 21 yeah. year old you know pretty fresh out of uni haven't got a, a pgce um that mm. it was probably you know i won't waste their time by hanging around any longer um mm. but luckily I ended up getting the job and yeah six years later i'm still here six happy years as well i imagine yeah very yeah it's, it is i know it's a cliche and a lot of people say it but it is genuinely a very <laughs> enjoyable place to work Okay, so let's talk a little bit about enrichment. First of all, for anyone listening to this episode of the podcast and they don't actually know what enrichment is in school, they don't know what it means, tell us in a snapshot what it is. So, good question. Uh, Enrichment, essentially, uh, it happens on a Thursday afternoon and it's for boys in year 7 to year 10 and it's an opportunity for us to provide an education that is not just about academic studies but it's about broader life skills. Um, so it covers okay. a huge array of things. So you've got some uh, PSHE sessions in there. You've got some bushcraft and outdoor pursuits, which is always really popular with the boys. Mm-hmm. There's mental health sessions. So going back to what we talked about earlier, we've got a really mm-hmm. good provision of mental health sessions that's kind of staggered from year seven up to year 10. So it progresses in a way that, you know, the boys are, are learning more and more at an age appropriate level, kind of building on a foundation of what they've done in previous years. And then there's also some some sport in there. There's a bit of yoga as well. So it's it's essentially the things that we want the boys to do to enrich themselves that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. covered by you know your your normal academic schooling. So it's the kind of it's the life skills I, I think of it as. And are these uh, is is this all optional or you know is this something for all boys in year seven and ten to do? So it's all it's something they all do. So they're all timetabled onto it. But within okay. enrichment, you know, for example, we want them all to do their pastoral sessions and their sessions on, you know, friendships and relationships or their sessions on puberty and sexual health or their mental well-being mm. sessions on anxiety. So there are things that everyone does, but then there's mm-hmm. also some more scope for um, optional sessions. So, for example, at the in the summer term, what we do is, is the um, the boys get an option of a huge number of things ranging from cryptic crosswords to mountain biking at Ashton Court um, so there's a huge number of different things they can do and then they mm. they send me all their preferences and I try and allocate them all to the sessions they want to do so yeah I okay. think right. obviously I, I think there's quite a healthy blend of prescriptive things that we want to make sure every student has covered and content that everyone mm-hmm. has benefited from but also some freedom for them to pursue their own interests and their own kind of creative or or outdoor um, Mm. pursuits there. 
Okay, so some of the more important elements of enrichment then everybody does. Yeah. But then if someone's particularly passionate about yoga, for example, yeah. they might choose that and that would be their preference. And the objective is to enable them to do that. Yeah, so what we try and do generally in year seven, they get a more prescriptive carousel where they get kind of a taster of everything. Then by the time they're in okay. year 10, they get much more option the thinking being that obviously when they're in year seven, year eight, they can try lots of different things. They can try mm. their animation on iPads. They can try their yoga. They can try various different creative options. And then when they're in year nine, year 10, they can pursue those in a bit more depth and do more kind of what we call masterclass sessions. So for example, in year seven, they might get 45 minutes or an afternoon doing some animation, kind of stopgap animations and then when they're in year 10, they might spend a block of three consecutive afternoons doing it if that's something that they've really enjoyed oh, when I they're see. in year seven right. or year eight. So that's how it kind of works to give them more options as they get older. And why is this important for boys at QEH to do this enrichment as opposed to doing more maths or more English or more history? Yeah, good question. I think for me, and I think for the school more generally, I think we believe very strongly that when someone leaves the school, it's not just their academic grades that, that define how, um, how they are and how confident they are to face the world. If anything, I think it's, the, it's those life skills that are perhaps the most important thing that our boys and our girls leave with at, at the end of year 13. So, you know, I think this is our opportunity to make sure that our students are equipped not just to cope with of a kind of ever-changing complex modern world but also mm -hmm. to really thrive in it you know so we talk about in our in our pastoral sessions for example we might look at you know mortgages and finance and and how to actually cope as a as an adult in the modern world and that mm. is obviously something that you don't have a GCSE in that but if you leave school without that knowledge the world is is potentially a pretty overwhelming pretty complex place so I think it's all about equipping our students with the skills and the experiences that we think give them the best chance to be happy and be successful and to do what they want to do when they come to leave the school. It's really encouraging to hear this because, you know, and I, th I think a number of us listening to this podcast right now will, will know people who maybe talk about some of these things referring to the fact that in school we don't learn about them you know you, you mentioned yeah. mortgages I think that's a great example you know when certainly when a lot of us went to school I, I'm, I'm talking about parents with children at the school they, they they probably wouldn't have learned much about mortgages and then the first time you got to look at a mortgage that's when you got to kind of scrabble around and learn something about it but mm. to learn how how they work and I guess the importance of saving and investments when you're at school is the perfect time to learn about it surely yeah absolutely and I think that concept applies to a lot of what we teach so I was very fortunate this year I got to watch our head of PSHE deliver a session to year eight students all about um, kind of different healthcare products ranging from sanitary products um, to de deodorants and, and all uh, kind of a whole array of healthcare products and I was just so struck watching it that I wish I had had that session when I was 13, 14. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, I, I only went to, you know, I left school 11 years ago, 10 years ago, but already right. there are things that I wish I had been told that I do mm. firmly believe we are telling our young people. And yeah, I was just watching that session and I was just thinking, 
you know, these boys are very lucky to be getting, you know, this this focus on on life beyond just academic learning. And yeah, mm. going back mm. to the mortgages thing, I remember when I was first looking at a mortgage, I was just completely overwhelmed by it. And you do think, is this not something that I should have known when I left school? Um, and I do think, you know, there's there's obviously a huge amount to cover and there are, you know, there are lots of things that we can be teaching in terms of life skills. And I think we do tick mm. off and do make sure that our, our students do have as, as wide an understanding as possible, um, which, yeah, I think is really encouraging. Tell me a little bit about how this helps the boys develop friendships. I'm thinking that possibly boys might mix with other boys that they wouldn't normally mix with if they're in these different groups. Is that right? Yeah. So essentially, there are kind of probably two ways that it really helps. I think the first way, as you said, is when they choose these optional sessions. For example, I think I mentioned earlier about we've got cryptic crosswords and we've mm, also yeah. got um, chess as an option. Okay. And, you know, that brings boys together that clearly have a shared interest in something that they may not even know that they had a shared interest in because mm-hmm. it's not something that would necessarily come up in their time at school. So, yeah, it throws together different combinations of students. And, and I think generally on a Thursday afternoon, you know, there isn't homework for enrichment. There's, there's not that um, academic focus. The school definitely mm-hmm. has, I would say, a different feel on a Thursday afternoon. And I think that really encourages the students to, to really engage with it and yeah, to build those friendships as well. And I think the other thing that is related to that is we also do some te- team building exercises within enrichment. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So for year seven, they'll do kind of board games and, and, and team building style sessions quite early on. So generally in the, in the autumn, in the autumn term, they'll get some team building. Because obviously, you know, when they're new in year seven, it's really important they build those strong relationships and strong friendships early on. Mm. So... Mm actually having an afternoon playing a a, a different set of board games with a different group of boys actually that is fundamentally important in making sure that they are building those relationships they're interacting with different students um, Mm -hmm. and hopefully that will really help them you know settle in and and make the most of their time here and I guess irrespective of what kind of career but the boys end up going into the element of teamwork and collaboration is always going to be an important skill to have yeah, absolutely. And I think in Richmond generally, you know, if we think about preparing them for life beyond school, it's not about preparing them for a particular career. You know, mm. if anything, it's it's not even about preparing them for the workplace as such. I think it's 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 bigger than that. It's just about preparing them for living living mm. a kind of fulfilled, enjoyable life. So whether that's learning some outdoor pursuits, learning how to light a fire and put up a tent so that when they're yeah. you know, when they've left school and they're at university, they've got the skills to, you know, arrange a weekend to go exploring elsewhere. It's, it's, yeah, it's related to the workplace, but it's also much more than just preparing them for different careers, I think. And to what extent do the boys throw themselves into it compared to just kind of thinking that it's uh, almost like a free period, it doesn't really matter? Tell me how they approach it. Yeah, I think... Um, I, as I said earlier, I've been very lucky that I can occasionally spend a Thursday afternoon just walking around the school site and seeing what's going on. And I remember we had a visitor from another school who was looking to set up an enrichment programme very similar to ours. And she'd heard that it, it was you know, successfully implemented and was really popular at QEH and she wanted to just see what was going on. So I just said to her, we'll just walk around the school site on a Thursday afternoon and we'll just see what's going on and you can get a kind of sense of it. 
Hmm. And we walked in and we saw some boys doing a ceramic session, making um, their own kind of pottery um, and, you know, designing their own ceramic stuff. We saw a group of boys doing yoga. We saw the animation. We also saw the mental health sessions. And she was really struck by both the variety of things being offered, but also how much the boys were engaging with it and enjoying it and clearly benefiting from it. Mm. So I think she definitely came away with an appreciation of, of how positive it is and how much the, the students get out of it, um, which was really encouraging. And it's really nice for me to be able to walk around and just see that, that this isn't, you know, it does live up to its name. It is an enriching afternoon. So what happened then in 2020? Because I'm going to guess that a lot of these activities couldn't go ahead. Yeah, so when we went into virtual school, yeah, I suddenly had a bit of a, a panic about what was going to happen on a Thursday afternoon. Because obviously, mm. you know, for all our academic lessons, we're, we're delivering stuff on Microsoft Teams. And I've got my year seven class and it's, you know, we translated quite effectively our classroom teaching to, um, mm. to the virtual school. And that was obviously much harder with enrichment. So what we did um, was we set up an Instagram page, QEH Enrichment Instagram, and we encouraged the, the students, but also the staff, to send in kind of images or videos of what they were doing for their Thursday afternoon enrichment. And I must say, I kind of, when I set it up, I was, I was anticipating that it would get a bit of interest and, you know, I might get one picture a week from a kid who's, who's cooking a lasagna right. or something, and that would be it. Um, and it really, it really took off. To be fair, we got staff who massively bought into it. So there's a brilliant video of one of the assistant heads who um, is doing a home workout, and, and he's recorded it and he's put it to music, and it, you know, it got 200 likes. Oh or something wow! Okay, crazy. Which yeah, yeah, for the for the local school Instagram page, um, it, it kicked off, and we had another member of staff who did some cooking demos. So he did some really good masterclass videos on some Italian cooking and then also you know we got I got so many images and and photos and videos from students of what they'd been doing because obviously when we went into lockdown there was a big almost at times probably it felt like a pressure socially to to somehow spend your lockdown in in an enriching way and to learn a new skill and to Mm. to do something different yeah we're all at home and, and we've somehow got to make sure that we we kind of fulfill that enriching you know part of our lives even though we're in a lockdown and and actually I think this was a really nice way to give ideas and inspiration to other people so whether it was seeing a picture of Mm -hmm. you know some uh, you know a a paint by numbers that a boy in year eight has done or some cooking that uh, that a member of staff has done or a bit of home DIY or whatever it was it essentially all went up onto this Instagram page and I think it just kept the school community together a little bit at this time when it was obviously very, mm-hmm. you know, it was very unsettling all being at home and all being separate. It was nice to have one place where all of that kind of community feel came together. So, yeah, it was it was a big success. And the Instagram page is still going, even though we're back in school and there are still updates that, mm. that go on about Thursday afternoon um, that have picked up. But, yeah, I think we approached close to close to a thousand followers. So I must say I felt like I was a kind of a minor social influencer with my uh, with my QEH enrichment Instagram page. <laughs> Actually, while you're talking, I've just brought it up in front of me here. And it's for anyone listening, it's QEH enrichment. So just search on that and you'll find it on Instagram. 
And Tom, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying, probably find a couple of videos here of you with a bit of lockdown <laughs> hair, um, which is, uh, if anyone's intrigued, then just go and check that yeah, out Yeah, I think it's Instagram. important to point out I've had a haircut since then and, you know, it was difficult because <laughs> there weren't many options and, yeah, it, it looks slightly smarter now. Tom, uh, tell me a couple of your favourite things about being uh, a member of staff at QEH. Ooh, good question. Favourite things. Um, I know I said it earlier, and it, it is a bit of a it is a bit of a cliche. And to be honest, when Mr Heathcote, the new the new head, joined, he had a meeting with every member of staff individually, and he he said exactly the same thing. What is the best thing about QEH? And I think he probably got slightly tired of the response because. All of us just just said to him. Well, the vast majority of us said to him that the best thing was just the the atmosphere and the kind of. It is a really mm-hmm. nice community feel. The common room, yeah, it's just a really positive place to be in, and the the students at the school are, you know, are a real credit to us. Um, it is a really enjoyable place to mm-hmm. work, and yeah, there are moments when whether it's teaching kind of year 13 American politics or it's being up at Feyland and coaching some hockey there are moments where I kind of have to just remind mm-hmm. myself that this is my job and it's not just something I do for fun um, and I think <laughs> yeah. you know when you're when you're at university and you're planning next steps work kind of in your head is a slightly daunting thing that maybe you don't anticipate enjoying you know it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's maybe definitely you know talking to some of my friends from university their experience of work particularly in lockdown has been pretty tough um, and I think I'm incredibly lucky mm-hmm. that I do work somewhere where you do look forward to going into work you do have conversations mm-hmm. with people whether it's staff or students just around the building how are you doing how's things going how's your day been it is yeah it's a cliche yeah. but it is just a really nice place to work and then tell me something about university I mean tell me one thing that you loved about Exeter and maybe one bit of advice you might have for anyone going to Exeter University next year yeah so the the bit that I loved the most was 100% playing the hockey. Okay. So I'm quite into my hockey and I'm very lucky that I coach. Um, I coach the girls team at school, which has been great since we've had girls joining in the sixth form. And yeah, just playing hockey with my mates. We'd, we'd train twice a week. We'd play twice a week. I think there was a point probably in my second year when I think I was playing more hockey than I was studying history, which, um, <laughs> which maybe wasn't, wasn't too sensible. But yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And it was the one thing when I graduated... It was the one thing when I moved back to Bristol that I missed the most. And it was probably mm. the thing that I was, you know, very keen to join a hockey club in Bristol just to, to get that um, that kind of social connection and, and playing with a group of guys. Yeah, I just absolutely loved it. Um, and obviously when mm. you're at uni, you've got the time to just throw yourself into something. And mm. yeah, for me, that was, that was the hockey. And in terms of advice to people going to Exeter, it's a great university. I absolutely loved it. It's a really nice city to live in as well. So I guess my advice would be to just throw yourself into as much as possible. Do all the different stuff in your first year that you're offered to do. There are always people walking around campus offering leaflets to, you know, play ultimate frisbee or to do the student radio or to to do any weird Mm. and wonderful thing. And yeah, the guy I lived with in my second and third year, he started ultimate frisbee in his first year. And by his third year, he was the club captain of ultimate frisbee. Absolutely loved it. Made friends for life in it. And you know, he would never mm. have known that was the path that it would have gone down when he signed up yeah. in his first year just to this random frisbee session in a park and he ended up right. loving it. So just throw yourself into as much as possible. Um, I think you never regret the things that, you know, you take on and you do extra of. Um, so, yeah, mm. just make the most of all of the opportunities. Tom, we need to bring this to a close now. But for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch with, with the school or with you directly, what's the best way for them to connect? Just, yeah, pick up the phone, get in touch. 
I like having a chat. I uh, I listened to the podcast you did with with Lydia Mantle, um, and uh, and I know she said the same that she likes having a chat. So yeah, just pick up the phone, call up to the school, or drop me an email. But yeah, we're always here and, and very happy to have a chat. And follow the Instagram as well, QEH. Make sure you follow the Instagram. That's crucial. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do one thing then make sure you follow the Instagram page for sure. All right, there's an instruction. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Tom, thanks very much for your time. It's been really good talking to you. I really appreciate you being here today. No problem. Thanks for having me. So that was Tom Appleby talking enrichment at QEH. As he said, you can get in touch with him by emailing. He didn't actually share his email address on that recording, but I'm sure he won't mind me adding it on now. It's tappleby at qehbristol.co.uk. But also don't forget to check out the Instagram page, QEH Enrichment guaranteed to enjoy that. Now, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't followed this podcast channel yet, then now is the time to do it because that just means when the next episode comes out, you'll get a small notification to let you know that it's there and that means you won't miss it. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you again next time. Bye for now.